0: and so too did their gods. They built monuments, made sacrifices, and grew in power. But power can only be shared for so long, as one by one the gods are forgotten, merge into new deities, and wage a bloody war for control in a land of the people's devotion. Only one god will emerge triumphant in this new age of monotheism. Who will it be? Take control of one of the legendary gods of Egypt, with each with unique game-changing powers and lead your devotees to an epic conflict for eternal life. Shape the land to your will, build monuments, gain followers, unlock Ankh powers, and get legendary guardians to join you in the fight. In the war for the people's devotion, both strength and cunning will be needed to dominate the kingdom and outmaneuver the other gods. As the signs of time run out, those who fall behind will merge into new deities or be forgotten. In the end, there can only be one God of Egypt. Welcome to Tabletop Arcanum, and this is Justin, and I'm bringing you today a review of Ankh, Gods of Egypt. This is a new game and kind of the capstone of a trilogy of games put out by Simon and Eric Lang. This is for 2-5 to players, plays in 90 minutes give or take, definitely longer on your first playthrough, and was on Kickstarter for a base $100 for the core game. This is a capstone to a spiritual successor of the mythology games from Eric Lang, Uh, starting with Blood Rage, going with the Viking mythology there, going to Rising Sun and going very eastern, and then Ankh going back west to where it all kind of began in Egypt. In this game, you're going to control one of the many Egyptian gods, and try to vie for power, gain worshippers and devotees, and essentially just become the biggest, baddest god that people are going to remember. Every god's unique, so there's a lot of asymmetry in that, though the rest of the game is pretty symmetric beyond that point. Now, this was a Kickstarter, so there was a lot of extra blings and things that came with it as far as stretch goals, and there was a couple expansions that were also released. There was Divine Authorings, which was essentially a cardboard upgrade and plastic chip upgrade for a lot of the components. No actual gameplay, but kind of pimp your game uh, expansion. There was a Guardian set, which added extra Guardians, which you can potentially recruit in the game, which also expands the amount of Guardians available to you and since you only use three per game, that does give you a lot more replay and, and mix-and-match abilities. There was a Pytheon expansion. This one was actually just more gods. Pharaohs, which actually added a new gameplay element to the game. Overall, first impressions, Ankh is one of those overproduced, big minis, big games coming from Kickstarter that you're kind of starting to expect. Now, if you've been following Blood Rage and Rising Sun, Ankh is going to be no surprise in that category. The art is uh, top-notch and superb. You have gorgeous boxes. You have gorgeous minis. The game map itself is very pretty, uh, though very basic because you put a bunch of stuff on it and kind of cover it up. Plus, the uh, topographical features of Egypt are pretty boring in general. A lot of desert and then some fertile green land near the Nile itself. The other thing that I want to say is a lot of the other pieces are very... Uh, modular, you have your action tracker, you have your devotation tracker and all of those are kind of separated as long so you can actually kind of mix and match where you want to have this on your own table space which is very very big plus Uh, other first impressions if you did go all in there is a lot of stuff to go through there's a lot of cards there's a lot of minis and figures and tokens and it's a bit overwhelming from a how the heck am I going to store this all so Hopefully, in the near future, uh, we get some inserts coming out for Ankh because it desperately needs it, much like Rising Sun and Blood Rage did. The other last first impression I should say about Ankh is, Simon is stepping up their game in their inserts in some categories and stepping back in others. Ages ago, back in Blood Rage days, you had a cardboard box that had a tray of minis and no identifying of which minis went where or sometimes what belonged to what. They've since upgraded some of that. The brown box of the mini trays are stored in. You usually have depictions of what trays are in there, what minis are where, so you can quickly identify, Oh, these are the minis for Set. Let me grab those. Or these are the minis for Anubis. Let me grab those. Or this is the Sphinx or Giant Scorpion Guardian. Let me grab those, because those are being used. So it does a very good job in that sense. However, in the negative context, I believe the plastic is getting thinner and thinner, and possibly even the cardboard's getting a little bit thinner on those boxes. So even in my brand new set, I'm already seeing wear and tear in those trays and a little bit of squishiness in those. Again, if and when an insert comes around, it will definitely be beneficial for the game in that sense, but as a first impression out of the box, you have a lot of great production value in almost every other aspect of the game, except for its internal storage and trays that it likes to use. So what does Ankh do well? And what sets it apart from other ultimately area control games? Well it has a couple fun mechanics that definitely are unique to it and I really haven't seen them elsewhere. Combat is very similar if you're used to Rising Sun. Each area is prioritized and each area has you'll go through your combat steps in each area and each player who has miniatures in that area will play a card. Everyone has the same amount of cards, however, when you play a card, uh, it is discarded, and you don't get it back until you play a recovery combat card that everybody has access to as well. So there's a little strategy applied to that, And but even playing field as far as what cards everybody has. It's not each card, each god has their own unique set of cards that have their own special abilities. Only the gods themselves have those special abilities printed on them. Likewise, other big thing that uh, Ankh-Gods of Egypt does well is it creates scenario setups. So you don't necessarily have a cookie-cutter game every single time. It's not always the same setup every time because there's different scenarios you can play. Likewise, it does create itself a sandbox-style environment. I anticipate more people on the internet, especially through BoardGameGeek, will be creating their own custom scenarios using the tools that are provided to you in Ankh. You have a pile of monuments, you have a pile of starting points, you have a pretty blank map that you can say, hey, put monuments on these spaces, this is where you draw divider lines, and voila. Now, another thing that Ankh does well is, throughout the game, as you, pr- everyone has their actions that they take, you're pushing these tokens along the action board, and if you push it to the edge, if your action takes it to the edge, it triggers an event, and depending on where you're on the event track, is the pace of the game, and that's when battles can occur. You might be able to get new monuments, you might be able to get followers, or in you might also be able to divide a area into two smaller areas, changing the strategy of what you're trying to hold on to in the game. The last thing that I think Ogg does very well and is very unique to Ogg itself and ties thematically into your uh, comedic mythology, if you're familiar with it, is the fact that at a certain point in the game, near the end, the bottom two players in a three or or more player game will merge into a single god, having the abilities of both prior gods, the shared resources, and ultimately become a team of two against everybody else. It's not quite player elimination, and it turns a what could be a competitive game and could be a game where a strategy could be you want to be in the bottom two, but you don't want to be trailing in the very end, and then get a very big power boost by merging with another god and getting forward. Now the game does also have player elimination, but that only happens in the near the very end of the game. And that's only if you haven't gotten up your Devotion track out of the Red Zone and into the Blue Zone. About a third of the way up or so. What I notice is as you unlock your Oct powers and things like that, you may be going slow at the beginning, but through the midpoint in the game you will relatively be picking up pace. And if you are in the bottom two, you've probably already merged by then, and maybe have gotten some more boosted power before that cutoff. In the games I played, I did not see anybody get eliminated this way. There were some people that were close, but not to the point that they were actually eliminated. Those are all the things that the Ankh, I think, does well. Some of the things that I can find the opportunities, besides storage uh, being a major opportunity, is that without the Kickstarter upgrades, you're using only plastic miniatures to represent the Guardians, the gods, and their and their warriors. Everything else is cardboard. Uh, including the monuments and pieces on the board and your control tokens, which lay a little bit more flat and the game falls a little bit less epic scope at that point. There is a little bit to be said about the scenario book, because some of the scenarios are built for two players, three players, four players, four to five players, five players only. And while there is ten scenarios, you cannot always use all ten scenarios in, in a given game group. There are some scenarios that you need five players completely on the board, There's a couple. There's a scenario that you can only play if there's two players. It's nice to have those, but with a limited number of scenarios, I would have wished to see a little bit more variety in there. This might be addressed with uh, the community building their own scenarios with the sandbox style capabilities that this game does portray. Another opportunity in Ock is the gameplay turns are very jarring. You can be flowing around. I'll take my action or two actions next player takes their action or two actions, and the actions are relatively simple, until someone triggers an event, which could bring the game to a crashing halt. One of the gameplay flows that we encountered while playing is, after triggering a combat event, going through all the regions, doing all the combats, then it was, alright, it's your turn, because all of that happened on my turn from that one triggering event. So without an actual complete round structure, it's just kind of go around the circle until these events trigger, the flow of the game is a little jarring in that sense. Is it a true thing that would tear me away from the game? I don't believe so. However, it will take multiple gameplay games, or multiple games, to get a sense of that flow and strategy, and I know it's going to feel different with different number of players as well. Get your hands on that. will help dictate some of your strategy. Now, a plus plus and minus column in Ankh, and the Kickstarter editions is some of the expansions are really just more stuff like five more gods, a handful more guardians, the stretch goals are a mix of both of those things, and the divine authorings box was really just how to pimp up your game. All these are nice things. I do not know if any of them are truly a must-have aspect of the game. I will say the stretch goals were probably being the number one pick because they did add the plastic 3D monuments to that which then makes that game board pop a little bit more where people are on the map. Now the gods are really big minis and we did find a couple times depending on where you're sitting you could actually lose a monument with a god standing in front of it. We had that happen a few times where an obelisk would be even 3D be lost behind a god. It is what it is. On that sense, overall, for your hundred-dollar buy-in on the Kickstarter or late pledge, if you find it after the fact, as these things are now starting to hit um, retailer pledge levels, if you do find a copy of Ankh for that hundred-dollar uh, buy-in, it definitely has a lot of game for that do- uh, for that dollar and a lot of production value for that, especially if you're getting the Tomb of Wonders uh, stretch goal box along with the core box. You need to like area control games, you need to like games with varying abilities, and the replay value in this is the fact that the more gods you have access to, the more guardians you have access to, the more variety you're going to see within each of the games as well. Now, if you're looking for a little bit more complexity to the game, I would recommend the Pharaohs expansion. It does add kind of a sideboard that is doing a little bit more micromanaging of things within the game. And both of those I really did enjoy. All in all, I did find Ankh, the Gods of Egypt, very enjoyable to play. I'm also a big fan of comedic mythology, so seeing the gods and the guardians come to life on a game table was very appealing to me in that sense. But I've also found that with Blood Rage and Rising Sun as well. The mythologies really come to life, and some of the game theme mythologies are applied to gameplay mechanics which is done in a very graceful way. So if you're playing specific gods in Ak, you are getting powers that are very in line with what that god pop is was supposed to be able to do. I hope that helps you make a decision about Ak, Gods of Egypt for yourself. Make sure you like, follow, subscribe us on our social media platforms. That's Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. Leave us a comment, drop us a line, let us know what you think. And if there's anything else... Thanks for listening and happy gaming. You've been listening to Tabletop Arcanum produced by Justin Taylor. This episode is hosted by Justin Taylor. Mixing and editing by Richard Geese. Original theme by Paul Moore and Isaac Gilbert. Check the description for this episode's featured background music. You can follow us on most social media platforms. Be sure to like, subscribe, and follow, and leave us a review if you would. As always, thanks for listening.